0: Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Surrender over control. So this is our choice today is I choose surrender over control. Let's say that all together. Say, I choose surrender over control. All right, all right. Surrender Over control by just a a show of hands, just so we can keep, keep, you know, keep lively this morning in church. Just if this is you, you know, maybe you like to control things a little bit. You might classify yourself as a control freak. Just kind of lift up your hands a little bit in the air. I'm going to lift up both my hands because I don't have three hands to lift. But maybe you like to control things. And right now, if you have that feeling like you want to lift up the hand of the person next to you, I'm talking to you. You're a little bit of a control freak. You're that one, you know, when you vacuum, the lines got to be straight. Don't mess up my vacuum lines in the carpet. I'm talking to you. You better take some good notes today. You are a control freak. And guys, don't be laughing because, you know, when you get that lawnmower out, nobody better mess up the lines in the yard because it got to be just right. Got my pattern in the yard. What a little like to be in control And uh, this is something, um, you know, as I was praying about this and I really as an area that God has been dealing with me in. And this is a big area for me. So I'm really preaching to myself this morning. So I'm going to get some good things out of this. I hope you do, too. But if you don't, I want you. God is working in my life. And I think it's important to understand that, um, you know, no pastor is perfect. And. Um, so I just, you know, this is something God has been dealing with me. And I've been, it, it was even preparing this is, you know, God has been working in my heart because just left to myself, I like to be a bit of a control freak. I'm just going to admit that to you right now. My wife, Heather, she's awesome. She's uh, serving in kids today. She's a little different than I am. She really, you know, when we first met, she wasn't like a controlling kind of person. She's not really, I wouldn't say she's a control freak, except about one thing. And, um, you know, she, you know, washes her hands all the time. And, you know, I'm a basic hand washer before eating after using the bathroom. That's it. I don't need to wash my hands any other time. But she just... All the time she's washing her hands and so I had to learn like okay she needs she just needs control in this area. Like I had to learn to wash my hands more often and you know I, I say that to honor. I asked her if I could tell this story before this morning, and you know, so that's really for her one of the only areas like where she's like needs to be in control. For me, I just I just really want to control everything else. <laughs> if I'm honest with you guys, just, you know, that's just where I am. You know, I want to control what we're watching, where we're going, what we're spending money on, you know, all those things. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad that even when we go on road trips, I drive the whole time because I want to make sure we're getting there, you know, in the right amount of time. And uh, we're only stopping when we absolutely have to. It's bad. You guys, you need to pray for me. And, uh, you know, so surrender over control. We all like to be in control in one area or another. And if we're honest for a moment, you know, a lot of us have that battle where it's like, you know, I want you to do this thing for me, but you're not doing it right. So move aside. I better step in and do it myself i 've been guilty of this myself, and some of us are in that same boat. Some of us are you know with with our kids it 's kind of like you better do it this way or else i 'm going to ground you if you don 't do what I want when I want it I'm trying to control things i 'm sure there 's no uh, parents like that in the house today. Some of us with our spouses were even like that if you, if, if you don 't affirm me the way that I want, if you don 't do everything that I want I'm, i 'm going to have to remove something special from you I'm, we want to be in control. If you aren't doing what I want, it's going to be problems. And sometimes we even allow that to enter in into our relationship with our Heavenly Father, where we have to be in control. God, I don't, I don't know if you're going to show up for me today. I, don't, I just don't know if this is going to work out the way that it said, so I better step in and take care of it. The problem is every time that we try to take control, we always mess it up. It always goes bad. So we've got to be people that begin to choose surrender over control. So what is surrender? I looked it up in the dictionary. Surrender means to give in to an opponent or to submit your authority to another person. It's like I hope no one has ever been held up at gunpoint before, but you know, you see it in the movies, and someone put, you know, says stick them up, you know, like all of a sudden. You have submitted your authority over yourself to this other person who's got a gun to you, right? It's that whole idea. Surrendering is giving up our ability to decide what we think is best, right? And if you think about it, it's kind of a paradox, a paradigm that we face, right? Because God created us with our our will, our free will, and that's what we're talking about, is our ability to choose. God gave us, he made us this way to have this free will, to decide what we think is best. And then he comes to us and he says, hey, I know you have a free will. You can do whatever you want to do, but I just, I want you to choose to give all that up. Man, it kind of was like, wait, you gave me this free will, now, now surrender means I'm giving my, my will up. Right? That's what surrender looks like. And it's kind of this this paradigm we face in our human existence. Right. Of this whole thing of I have the ability to choose and make decisions about what I think is best. And here God comes to me and says, if you come and you give me that, I've got so much more for you. That's what surrender looks like is this whole idea of giving our control to somebody else. Jesus was the ultimate example of this, this whole idea of surrendering our control. And and we see the story of Jesus in the garden and in all the gospels except for John. But I feel like Matthew has the most like complete picture of this moment. So here's Jesus. We see him in Matthew 26 and he's just finished the Lord's Supper. He's just told Peter, you know, hey, you're going to deny me three times. Thanks. You know, he's just had this great moment. Peter's like, Oh, I'm never gonna do that. So here they are, and they're going into the garden to pray. And Jesus says, Hey, disciples, stay here, pray in this moment. You guys pray. I'm gonna go on a little bit farther. So he goes on a, a little bit farther into the garden. He takes Peter, James, and John. And we see in the scripture this, this interesting passage that it says that Jesus was overcome with grief and sorrow. Like he was he was so like overwhelmed in this moment. And I don't know about you guys. But that really encourages me (laughs) to know that Jesus struggled with grief and sorrow like he struggled with emotions trying to overwhelm him anybody had your emotions like come like flood at you want to overwhelm you like jesus is struggling with this in this moment like his emotions grief and sorrow are trying to come in and tell him like they're wanting to take control from him right like jesus in this moment here he is but jesus didn't stay in this moment where he allowed grief and sorrow to overwhelm him he didn't surrender His ability, his authority to those things in that moment. What did he do? He said, I've got to go on a little bit farther. He pressed in a little bit farther. And scripture says that he got down on his face and began to pray. I wonder. When was the last time we were on our face to pray? We've got things going on in our lives. We're overwhelmed by a lot of different things, and we're holding on to the control of it, trying to figure it out, and hoping, like, I've got one foot over here. God, can you help take care of this while I'm holding on to all of this? Meanwhile, Jesus is showing us in this process, like... The power to overcome things doesn't come in our strength and how well we can control things and how long we can hold on to things. The power comes in those moments when we're willing to humble ourselves before the Father. Jesus is on his face in the greatest moment that he was going to face, the greatest trial that he was going to face. He's humbling himself before the Lord. James 4 says this in verse 6. It says, but God gives us more and more grace. That's why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to let's say it all together to the humble. To the humble. So what do we do? Submit yourselves. And here's the picture of us choosing surrender. Submit to give in to his authority, right? Submit ourselves then to God. And the language here almost assumes that, that God is not forcing us. It's like it's up to us. Submit yourselves to God. And here's what happens when we do it kind of the backstory of when we begin this process of humbling ourselves before the Lord. What happens? then we have the ability to resist the devil and he flees from us. But the, the way it's worded, James is almost saying, he's like, when we humble ourselves, like, it enables God's power to work through us so that we can resist the devil and he will flee. But if we don't, like if we don't humble ourselves, almost the opposite is going to happen. We're almost embracing the working of the enemy in our lives. And we wonder, why, why is all this stuff going on? So then he goes on another step further, kind of reiterates. He says, hey, just come near to God. And he'll come near to you. Just come close to him. Take a step towards him. And he comes rushing in. Wash your hands. Purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded. What is double-minded? That means kind of being of two minds of things like, well, I can keep control and I can trust God. No, you can't. That's being double-minded. God, I, I can trust you just a little bit. I can trust you over here, you know, in this area of my life with my Sundays, but I can't trust you with, you know, when I'm getting up early. That's, that's too much, God. I, God, I, I can trust you, you know, to believe that you'll bless me, but I can't trust you enough to, to actually give like the Word says. Like, it's this double-minded thing. He says don't be double-minded. But instead, here again, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He'll lift you up. God isn't there to like push us down to make, to make sure that like stay down there. No, like it's in this place where we humble ourselves before him, that God lifts us up, that the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives in that moment. But if we are never willing to submit ourselves to him, to give our ability to choose what we think is best over to our heavenly father, man, we're always gonna be locked in this struggle. We're never gonna have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us the way that God designed us to overcome the things that we're trying to overcome, right? Jesus, he's in the garden, right? He's there on his face and he's having this prayer, this dialogue with the father. And as you hear the prayer, you can almost, uh, it, you know, you can kind of take that he already knows what's about to happen, right? Jesus knows he's about to go pay the price for our sins in a terrible way. So it says he went on a little further. He fell with his face to the ground and he began to pray, my father, if it's possible, May this cup be taken from me. Like I don't want to do this. Let's let's figure out another way. Surely there's another way. But not as I will, as you will. And he has this conversation three times, Scripture says. He, he repeats it almost exactly three times this way, as if as if he's almost trying to tell himself. Not as I will, but you will. Are you sure? There's not a, okay. Not not as I will, but as you will. Not as I like. He's showing us in this moment, this process, this decision-making process of choosing surrender over control because sometimes, you know, in my own life, I've, I've, I've found these decisions with the Lord and I thought they were just a one-time deal. I, ha- I come into church. I have these great moments. We're worshiping or uh, like one time and then I leave and I wonder why throughout the rest of my day and the rest of my week, everything just seems to gradually shift back because what we failed to realize, it's not a one-time decision. It's a day-in, day-out decision. Sometimes it's a before-lunch and an after-lunch decision. Sometimes it's hour-by-hour decision, minute-by-minute, but it's a decision that we have to make every day to take up our cross and to follow Him, to choose, surrender over control. There's lots of examples all throughout Scripture of this kind of repetition. You know, there's power in repetition. There's power when... We begin to speak things out loud. Jesus is praying this prayer and he's saying it out loud and he's repeating it to himself. He's telling himself how he's going to choose. I'm going to choose surrender over control, not as I will, but as you will. There's power in this repetition. We see it in the Old Testament when God was speaking to Joshua and they're about to go in and take the land. And he says, Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. And tells him again, hey, Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. Hey, be very strong. Be very courageous. I am with you. God needs, like, sometimes we just need to repeat it to ourselves to get it through <laughs> to get it through to ourselves, right? Sometimes we just need to tell ourselves how it's going to be. Instead of letting everything else tell us how it was going to be. Jesus could have, in this moment, allowed his emotions to tell him how it's going to be. And he could have just stayed in the garden, wallowing in self-pity. I can't believe one of my friends is going to betray me. I just can't. Aren't you so glad Jesus didn't do that? I'm so thankful that Jesus showed, not only overcame, but showed us how, in the same way, to choose surrender over control. Proverbs three says it this way, and it's a it's a very well known piece of scripture. You might have even have it memorized. You might know, it, but I want you to hear it this morning in in a fresh light of, of how God would speak it to us. It's Proverbs three verses five and six. It says, "Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Like, surrend- just just surrender to Him completely. Just, you just go all in with Him. Trust Him with everything, with your hurts, with your pains, with your successes." with your doubts and your questions, with, your, with everything. Just trust him with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to reason it out. Don't try to figure it out. It's a step of faith. Don't, don't try to be like, you know, like, oh, if I don't figure this out, how's this going to happen, God? What are you going to? Like, trust him with all your heart. Lean, don't lean on your own understanding. But instead, in all of your ways, submit to him. Submit to him. And then what? And then he makes our path straight. This word submit here is also translated as the the word acknowledge, to acknowledge. And and when you look back at the Hebrew, it really means to uh, like a deep, like intimate, a personal knowing. So what what are we to do? We're to trust him with all of our hearts. We're not to try to lean on our own ability to figure it out. We're to submit to him, to acknowledge him, to know him deeply for ourselves. And then what? He makes our path straight. We, we don't make our path straight. Sometimes we think we make our path straight. But he is the one who makes our path straight. It's powerful, powerful scripture. God is the one that leads us. But so often, I don't know about you guys, so often in my own life, I've chosen the opposite. Right? And when we choose to control, when we're you know, afraid of losing control, the more we try to control right? The more we're afraid to lose control. The more we're afraid to lose control, the more we try to control, right? And then the more we try to control, the more we're afraid to lose control. And now we're stuck in a cycle of fear. Do you know that God didn't give you a spirit of fear? You know, we're coming into a season. I mean, the world is always trying to push fear on us, but we're coming into a season where the world, man, celebrates fear. And on the outside, we, you know, oh, it's just a, it's just a movie. It's just a thing I went like, but we have to understand what's really happening. We have to be, scripture says, we have to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. Make no mistake, our spiritual enemy, the devil, he's out there looking for people he can devour. And if you don't believe me, look at the headlines. You can search. Man, there's been spiritual leaders and people all around the world that have fallen because they haven't been aware of the tactics of the enemy. They haven't had the right people in their lives. Lots of reasons, but we have to be aware of the tactics of the enemy and not fall into those traps. Like we have to be aware. We have to not let fear creep into us because God didn't design us to cope, to live with fear. In fact, Scripture says he didn't even give us fear. So if God didn't give it to us, there's only one other place it came from. That's the devil, in case you're wondering. Right. Scripture says God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power. He gave us a spirit of love. He gave us a spirit of a sound mind. That word power there is the same word power from Acts one eight, where it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So. Why do I have the power? So I can be his witness everywhere I go. But what kind of witness am I if I'm just living in fear? If I'm bound up in fear, if I'm celebrating everything the world celebrates, what kind of witness am I? How can I even live in the power of the Holy Spirit when I'm inviting fear to be part of my life and making light of it? No, no, it's actually complete opposite. When I allow fear into me, I can't have the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I've replaced what God gave me with a counterfeit that our spiritual enemy, the devil, wants to bring with us. So we have to be aware. We have to know that our enemy is out there with these tactics to trick us into taking a counterfeit over what God gave us. God gave us power. He gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could have a sound mind, so that we could be full of his love, so that everywhere we go, this power would go with us to flow out of us, to make a difference to those people around us. Because y'all look around, our world is dying. Our world is struggling. Our world is bound up in fear and depression our world is is going to hell if we don't do something about it I'm fired up about this. I've lived too much of my life trying to be in control. And this is what God has been speaking to me. It's time for us to surrender control. There's lots of different ways we can control. There's spiritual control. We've kind of been talking about that. There's also control in the natural. Maybe you have a boss who's like a control freak. I've been that boss before. I'm working to not be that guy now, right? But there's lots of things that we can control. But we have to understand that, you know, control is, is something that, you know, always, always, it always kills. It always cuts the life out of things, right? Uh, a, a pastor that I listen to a lot, Pastor Craig Rochelle, he says it this way. He says, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. It's like it's on my desk. It's on my computer. It's in my phone, because that's just my natural tendency is want to be like, oh, let let me step in. But we've got to learn like as as leaders, as parents, as followers of Christ, like that's not what we're called to be. We're called to empower. We have the power and we're called to let that power flow out of us to empower others. Right, we we've got to begin to think this way to be surrender our control. Now, there's a big difference. This is where people, you know, we get confused sometimes. There's a big difference between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. Okay, let's just, let's just let that marinate for a minute. We're not relinquishing responsibility. We're we're surrendering control. It's our ability to choose in this moment. It's my ability. Yeah, as a leader, as a parent, it is my prerogative to be able to step in and be like, nah. This, but as, as somebody who's surrendered, con- excuse me, surrendered control, uh, I'm empowering. I'm, I'm leading. I'm not just being like, hey, go do whatever you want. No, no. I'm still like, hey, we're going to be this way. Hey, come, come back over here. It's the difference between like, being a player and a coach. <clears throat> I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan, Boomer Sooner. But I love watching college football, especially because anytime you see like a college football guy, like make a bonehead play like a fumble or, you know, some kind of silly thing that they do on the football field. A lot of times a good coach, you'll see him run up to the guy, grab him by the face mask. And he's probably saying some not very nice things, but we can't read his lips. I'm not going to try. And he's yelling. I'm coaching him up in that moment. Right. This is kind of the process that we're talking about. See, someone who takes control, if that coach was just to take control, give me the ball, kid, give me the helmet, I'm going out there. You can't do that. Hey, he surrendered control to the player to make sure it's your job to return the ball, to return the punt. Hey, and if you didn't do it right, I'm going to let you know, but I'm going to coach you in this, but I'm not going to dem- give me the ball. I right, Put me in the game, coach. We're going to surrender. We're going to choose surrender. Over control. We're not going to be ruled by fear. We're not going to be ruled by fear. There's a great example in the Bible of this, of whenever we take control, how it always goes bad. Think back to to Genesis. There's a guy named Abram and his wife Sarai. Their names were later changed to Abraham and Sarah. And at this point in the story where we see them, they had no children, but God had come to Abram and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Your descendants will be great. And if you don't have kids and you're hoping to have kids, that's a great promise. I like that. My descendants are going to be great. And God told him, it's like as many stars as you can count, your descendants will be greater. Like, if you don't have any kids, praise the Lord. That's a great promise. So, what happened? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Lots of days go by, lots of trying, lots of month after month. Some more nothing happened. Well, we didn't have a baby this month. Guess we got another month to try to make it happen. So, that, just lots of trying to make it happen, lots of nothing. God, where are you? You said this was going to happen. Another month goes by. Another month goes by. Year goes by. Another year goes by. Nothing. God, you said I was going to have another month, another year, year after year. In fact, Scripture says 10 years went by. And Sarah, Sarah, I got to this place where she was like, God, I don't think you're going to fulfill what you said. So I better step in and handle this myself. I and mean, what is she doing? She's taking control back from her trusting in God. And scripture says that she came to her, her husband, Abraham, and said, hey, um, I haven't been able to give you a son. I don't think God's going to do what he said because he hasn't done it in my time. So I want to make sure I help him out in this process. And I'm going to give you my, uh, my servant, Hagar, to be your wife. And, and through her, I can have a family. You see, like, the trade-off we make when we, like, through somebody else. No, God promised her that she would have a family. Oh, God, you you didn't do it fast enough for me, so I I better try to make it happen. It just never works out. So what happens? Abraham agreed to it. Abraham agreed to that. That's crazy, too. So here he he takes Hagar as his wife, you know, and then Hagar conceives. What happened? She had a son. They named him Ishmael. Then years later, Sarah had a son. They named him Ishmael. Isaac and even to this day we are, our world is experiencing the chaos that was caused by one moment of taking control back right because through Ishmael, we have the Palestinians. We have some you know, Muhammad and this whole thing. And through the family of Isaac, we have the Jewish nation and we have Jesus. You can, and today we see the conflict. We feel it in our world today of one moment of what happens when we say, God, you, you're not doing it the way I think. You're not doing it as quick as I think you should. I think it's time for me to take control. And every time we do that, it always goes wrong. Always goes wrong. We've got to learn in these moments to surrender control to the Lord. And a huge spiritual lesson from this family, from this story is don't sleep with a woman named Hagar, (laughs) unless it's your wife, and then that's okay. But hopefully you're never tempted with that temptation, but I can tell you that we will be tempted with other things. And for each of us, it will be different. I don't know what the temptation will be for you. For each of us, it's different, but we've just we've got to learn in these moments not to allow temptation to lead us into sin, right? Because it's not temptation that is a sin. Right? Jesus was tempted. In fact, Scripture says the Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted. It's not the temptation, but temptation can lead us into sin if we follow it there. But we don't do that. Just like Jesus defeated the enemy, like he overcame the temptation. How? By by the words that came out of his mouth, he began to speak the word of God. How do we overcome temptation? Psalms 119, 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. We've got to begin in this process to begin to allow God's word to come inside of us so that in these moments when we're tempted to pull control back, in these moments where we're tempted to begin to doubt that we can say, no, God, I trust you. God, I I put my my hope in you all day long. God, you are what I need. God, I trust you with all my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding. God, I submit to you. I, I acknowledge you in everything. Thank you for making my path straight. So what do we do? We have to choose to surrender control. What does God do? Man, God fulfills his word every time. God fulfills his promise every time. He makes our path straight man, when we humble ourselves before him, he surrounds us with favor. Psalm says he surrounds those he loves with favor like a shield. Come on, if you need some shield like around you, some favor around you, man, there's something powerful when we begin to humble ourselves before the Lord. God begins to do amazing things. He lifts us up. So why don't we just do this in this moment together? Can we just, can we just begin to ask the Lord God, what is it what is that thing that I've been trying to control where I've been not trusting you with all my heart? What is that thing I've, I've taken back and I said, God, I've got to help you make this happen. What is it for you? I know what it is for me. So, Lord, I thank you in this moment that you're speaking to us, just speaking to our hearts. God, help us to be people who trust you with all of our hearts. That We don't, we don't have to figure it out ourselves, but God, let your word work in us. Some of us need to do exactly what Jesus did. We just, we've been proud. Been too proud and we just need to begin to humble ourselves before him. Some of us just even need to do that simple act of just getting on our face before him. God, not my will, but your will be done. Some of us have been running so hard and so long and all the stuff, it just feels so heavy on you. Today, God is saying, "Hey, just humble yourself. I'll take all that heaviness for you. I got something better for you." Some of us have been kind of strong-arming the Lord. You, you felt Him working in your life for years, even, but you've you've kind of kept Him at bay. God, I'm going to keep you this this far away. I'll, I'll keep you around because I'm going to need you at some point. But you've you just you've kept Him at that arm's length away. Today, He's calling you. He's drawing you. Just like it says in James, just draw near to him, take one step, and he draws near to you. I don't know who that is, but if that's you on any of those today, you just say, that's me. Just lift up your hands right away. I want to pray with you today. I'm lifting my hand because, man, I have so many areas. God, help me in this area. Lord, I thank you. For each and every person that's here, Lord God, that you're giving us strength and courage. You're giving us the ability to trust you, God, even in the moments where it seems like nothing is happening. It's been years and God, we haven't seen it come. What you promised, God, help us to trust you. So I pray faith will rise inside of you. Don't give up. Don't let go of that promise that was spoken to you. Don't let go of the word of God in your life. But hold on to it. Hear me speaking to you today. Hear the voice of the Lord calling you today to say, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep taking a step. Just keep trusting. Don't, don't pull it back and try to do it on your own. So Lord, I thank you for helping us this week. And I pray for that person. Whoever you are, you've been keeping the Lord at that arm's distance. I pray that today would be your day of surrender. It's just that day to say, God, I've been doing it my own way. It's been my way or the highway, but today, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Maybe that's you. You're here today and you've never heard about the gospel or God in that way, that God wants to have a relationship with you so badly that he sent his only son to pay in that that way, and that Jesus made that decision for you. That's why he did it. That's why he suffered through the cross. That's why he gave up his will so that he could have relationship with you. And maybe you just never understood God in that way before. You've always just seen him as somebody who's been trying to force you to do things and it's not that way. He just, he loves you. He has the best for you, but it just takes us coming before him and humbling ourselves before him. And today you're realizing you need to make that decision. If so that's you in this place this morning, just, just right where you are. This is a decision between you and the Lord. I'm not going to call you here to the front to make this decision. But you're saying right there, that's me. Will you pray for me, Pastor? Just, just right where you are, we just lift your hand. Just l- let me know. I- I'd love to pray with you this morning. All right. All right. Church, let's pray out loud all together.